Welcome to the Tape Deck. It's a music podcast in Seattle. Here we are. It's about like 8 o'clock at night, uh, January 30th. I'm Rob Mora, and with me today is Devin Lee and John Paul Boyez. Guys, welcome. Oh, thanks for having us. So. Yeah. So Devin owns a brand new record label and management team called Granite Records. Uh, his aim is to help get your music out. Um, he does a lot of help with the DIY scene. Um, he's a great guy. Uh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate course, it. You know. And uh, Jean Paul uh, is currently a photographer working on this brand new zine that Granite Records is going to be a part of. The working title is The Salt Mines. When can we expect that to be out, maybe? Uh, we're aiming for the middle of February, end of February. Excellent. Yeah, awesome. New, epi- new this is, volume. This is going to be a physical copy zine, right? Yeah, physical copy. It'll be about uh, 12 pages, uh, four segments. It'll be uh, a featured artist piece, visual artist. Uh, there'll be a fashion piece and cool. an editorial that we call Hot Takes. Cool. Which is... Uh, Loaded comments for open discussions. Okay. Yeah. What kind of comments? Like, what are they about? Uh, <laughs> you could. We, you know, I'll have the book with me and we just throw spaghetti at walls sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, uh, like one of my like go to ones is, uh, you know, like, oh, underwear is a choice. It's like, oh, like, why would people, like, you know, not wear underwear? You should wear underwear all the time. And it's like, Yes, <laughs> give me more of that anger. <laughs> Perfect scene material. Okay. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So Excellent. It's just like yeah, getting people riled up like while they're reading the zine together. Excellent. Uh, it's also going to have a calendar inside. Uh, I think the what's really special about this and Granite Records in general is that we, uh, our whole outlook and even marketing in general is sort of recycling what everybody else is doing around us so uh we're making a calendar that's gonna have the shows in it but we're going to have it so you can keep the zine for after you know give it purposes for after when the calendar goes out such as uh when the visual art uh will have it so it'll hang you can hang it on the wall cool and it'll just be pieces of artwork that you have nice i like that idea yeah so excellent it's like an it's a modern take on on what used to be like a very DIY punk thing. Right, right. Is. It's like things are, have their lifespans, but we want to keep things around a little bit longer. Cool, cool, yeah. excellent. That sounds great. Right. You hit me up when that comes out. Yeah, so I want to check that out. Yeah, send you a copy. Yeah. So um, you you work in marketing, like music marketing, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. You you. Uh, you get the artists out there, like you send out the message. You work with right. The, I send I send messages to other artists. I mm-hmm. send messages to venues. I yeah. send messages to distributors. Excellent, perfect. Yeah. What uh, would you say are some recent trends in music that you have noticed yourself through the marketing eye? You know, mm-hmm. like in America, music and and the music industry they've been part and parcel for so long. Right. You know, we've sort of exemplified it. You know, what what would you say you've seen lately that's been sort of a recent trend, like last five or ten years? Well, I think the most important thing that I try to get across to my artists and clients is that the product for musicians is not physical copies anymore. It's not right. album sales anymore. Okay. Your 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 music is now part of your marketing campaign mm-hmm. to get people on board of your lifestyle brand. Yeah. People want 
an inside look of who you are, how you live, you know, mm-hmm. what clothes you wear, you know, yeah. what shoes you wear, like who you're endorsing. Mm-hmm. Like it's only it's a short lifespan of being a superstar. So yeah, it's, it's so true, isn't it? It's yeah. it's more like you have to extend it some way if you want to make a career out of this. Yeah, career musician. Like that's that's the important part there. Yeah. You know, I feel like that that is part and parcel with like social media, mm-hmm. like nowadays. You know, the fact that you now have access to an artist's life, mm-hmm. you know, lifestyle becomes so mm-hmm. important. You know, and people are expected to like, like people expect to know what's going on. Like yeah. for you to put out content. Too. Yeah, so exactly. Like, we want to like get context behind your music, mm-hmm. like do we like you or not? Show exactly. us your face. Yeah, you know? exactly. Right. Now, the funny thing is, um, last week I did a podcast with a local DIY musician, um, and we were talking about how that particular marketing strategy, and, and it's affected every single kind of genre, you know, every single kind of musician, has sort of proliferated its way through. And, and I think, depending on the genre, and depending on the musician, some people are like super able to get on board with that. They're like, yes, put my face on bags, put it on, you know, right. put it on the side of buses. Right. And some people really blanch at the idea. Right. You know? Put on like, sweatbands. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm literally sitting down and like trying to think about anything to, like, that people will wear long term. Gym towels. Yeah, I'm like, all right, like, I'm like, people have to sense the music. I'm like, it's not just about hearing. Like, you gotta walk away. You gotta, like, have something that's still touching you. You gotta have something that you can still look at. Like, yeah. maybe you can smell something. Exactly. Like, the fragrances. Like, you have to touch on every sense that people can walk away from that's not just listening to things it's true you can't always listen to things yeah. now the funny thing is is uh, this kind of merchandising has been around before you know uh, I, I don't know if Elvis put his stuff on anything you know right. but ever since the 60s there have been bands that have sold merchandise as part of them being a band it's how they make money right. you know then when Kiss started putting all this merchandise out in the 80s like all of a sudden they started the trend uh, where any type of band could just you know make a lunchbox make a pinball machine you know make a board game yeah and uh, and they would sell everything you know but back then it was just sort of to help with the money it was just to help get the face out I feel like nowadays now it's kind of necessary like that has to be you have to hit the ground running with that idea yeah you know and then we're finding new ways to innovate that right um, uh, I think it's really funny that you uh, talk about uh, what was it like Kiss and yeah, it's <laughs> I, I think why they could really get away with that is they're really theatrical yeah and you know like you need to have stage presence on there yeah. it's like honestly your stage persona should be a little bit different than your regular yeah that's true yeah it's it's a little bit of showmanship that's true i think they had so much showmanship that they could Mm -hmm. just like they were were able to be so recognized like Mm -hmm. at an instance that's true so you know put them on a lunchbox put them on a sweat why not their characters yeah right yeah exactly i mean all pop musicians all I guess all famous, well-known musicians are sort of characters in a way. Yeah. You know, once their image gets out right. and it's in the public domain, it's, it doesn't belong to them anymore. Right. You know? yeah. uh, but then, you know, YouTube and, and, and social media accounts and, and the social media famous celebrities, I think people are demanding something that's real, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's the artifice of something real. Right. You know? It's the and authenticity. It, exactly. It's like even if, you know, you get a comment... Uh, 
here's a uh, there's a lot of plugins you know for social media so yeah, you yeah. can have like automated messages or you know newsletters that go out at a specific time yeah but one thing that you can that's pointed out uh, for certain target markets like millennials is that we can eye an automated message right away yeah you right? know which makes right? it inauthentic immediately and you're almost offended yeah exactly it's like how dare you yeah you how know? dare you send yeah this is 2018 message. this is 2019 yeah. now i guess right it's like we are in the 21st century how dare that you that you just force this content onto me right you know? instead it's of like, like type me back with <laughs> like a real <laughs> fucking message <laughs> Oh my god! Like, and that—that's an important part. Like, mm-hmm. people weren't craving authenticity back then. I mean, I, I'm assuming that a lot of people, little kids who owned Kiss lunchboxes, assumed that they were real people, right? And, you know. And then Gene Simmons really had a tongue that was that long, you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, right by the fact Gene fiction. Simmons tongue extension. It's like, oh, yeah. please tell me that's a thing. I don't know. Like, I this is to. what I do all I, day. I know, right? <laughs> I have to look that up. Oh yeah, there we go. New strategy. Yeah, I just I call it throwing spaghetti at the wall, and then we see what sticks, and then it's just in this like case a it's a tongue. Full of stuff. In it's this a case, nice wet sopping tongue. Did you just stick your own tongue into? And there we like, go. Yeah, clone a tongue. Clone a tongue. Yeah. You should, you should so wait, his tongue wasn't real? No, his tongue, <laughs> his tongue was totally real. Yeah, his tongue. Oh, yeah, no, he no, actually no. had that long of a tongue. Oh, right, right. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that was his own thing. <laughs> say. Right, yeah. It's all it's an illusion, man. That's, that's what we're doing here. I'm also invested in holograms, so, you know. <laughs> look so what do you think started this trend? Like, was it based in necessity? Like, did the music industry just need, like an extra thing to start selling records or, you know, I mean, technically selling records isn't even the point anymore. It's not even the point anymore. I think, so I think the big thing that was happening is, is, uh, after the downfall of the nineties and CD sales, record companies were literally grabbing at anything Mm -hmm. that they could take your money from. Yeah. Um, that essentially bred, 360 deals which is just like full scope is what it means okay so record companies instead of taking money out of your record physical copies and you know taking percentages out of that they take percentages out of everything that is you related Mm -hmm. that is music related right depending on what kind of contract you have and they're expecting you to get sponsorships they take money from your sponsorships they take money from your mm-hmm. you know any kind of deals that you have yeah which is crazy you yeah know? so it, it bred that artists began to get milked dry yeah and so it's not that like they weren't already right but it was just getting worse and worse up at that point I feel like I mean the internet being the downfall of physical sales notwithstanding you know I feel mm-hmm. like the industry would have eventually reached a point Mm-hmm. where they would start to try and get everything. I think it just accelerated the process. And I think record companies had to get bigger in a sense. Like, you're not a record company. You're an entertainment company yeah. now. You do entertainment. Exactly, yeah. And, and that's that. that is... The new term is content creator. Yeah. You know? And and really, that, that encompasses everything. Like, you know, it, whether or not you make music, whether or not you make art, whether or not you shoot photos, you know, 
or make videos. Yeah. Like it's all just sort of under one umbrella, right. like content. And I feel like music has a little bit wrapped up in that, you know. That's kind of what like got us into the zine because it's it's pretty simple. It's mm-hmm. I twelve love idea. twelve uh, pages. <laughs> it's like twelve pages to fifteen pages, depending on you know how in depth our interviews go, and like JP ends up, he's like been a huge help with that. Like we toss ideas back and forth, and nice, you know, he's in charge of the photography and pretty much like the visual like look at like looks of it. And, yeah, yeah, and shooting it all on film right. and it looks really cool cool real quick who else is working on the zine is it just you two for now just us two right now awesome. uh, we have Gabe that works with uh, he's our formatting and cool. editor nice so aside from that you know JP and I are making the content cool. and like booking the interviews that's awesome and networking and, yeah, and yeah. Gabe is uh, cool Formatting now, it in a way that we can print it, over, <laughs> which is tight because God knows I look at enough like plugins. And, yeah, like, absolutely. Templates. Yeah. Now, what? What? Speaking of which, what is going to be like as far as this whole conversation is concerned? What does the zine aim to do? Is it going to be like a marketing tool? Is it going to be a way to get like your particular record label out? Like, it, is it just sort of all? It is one a thing? marketing tool. Um, a marketing tool. Marketing local artists okay um so is it going to be featuring artists from different places or like artists specifically from granite records or? no okay. uh that's how it's autonomous from granite records okay um, ah i see yeah all right um we like this spread the like spread the love of of marketing mm-hmm. you got to get out and promote people aren't yeah. promoting themselves yeah and, you know that's true and it's funny it, it's almost necessary in this community yeah like there's some something about starting and making music at the ground level mm-hmm. you know just because you want to make music whether or not you want to make art or whatever you know what your intention is there are a lot of artists that just don't know how to handle marketing themselves the way that the music industry now demands mm-hmm. so right. it's resources like you I think they're going to be super helpful at least in this community right you know it totally and it's I plan on approaching it like a little differently than him. Yeah. I think he's got a great mind to like know how to target and like do the marketing and and like handle the things that I don't want to think about. I want to think about the art and like how this is going to be how people are they need this. Mm-hmm. You know, they see it, they want it. Uh for example, I went to a coffee shop in the East Village in New York and they had books that were from like they were from skaters to mm-hmm. like to like artists whatever but they did it so well each page was a piece of art it was like damn I, I learned so much from those five minutes that I sat there yeah you know and like I want to approach it like that I want it to be raw I'm trying to stay away from the commercial stuff. Mm-hmm. I want it to have depth where mm-hmm. like you might not know who this artist is, but you're you want to look at it and you don't even know why, you just you just got to look at it. Right. And then you might read it. You yeah. know, I think the first thing is it needs to look like I want to grab that. Yeah. I want to grab that. Yeah. And then it looks like 
yo, what's going on right here? And you know, you flip through the pages like, oh, me personally, I don't, I don't read right away. Right. Yeah. I like to flip. Yeah. And then, and then dig in. Right. You that know, makes sense. and that's kind of like, yeah. What, what, how I'm approaching it. Right. That's what I think is cool about the zine because like it does end up being a lot of visual stuff. Yeah. Right. But we don't want to just throw it away too. It's yeah, like that's exactly. why I was like, we should put that punch a hole in the side so people could automatically just hang it up on their wall and like yeah. have it flip as a calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like flip as that. Yeah. Because you know? like you go through a lot of work or mm-hmm. like coming up with visuals. And yeah. Do you guys both live in Olympia right now? Oh, I live back in Seattle. Oh, you live back in Seattle. Yeah, okay. yeah. I live in South Park. South, South Park. South Park. Still Seattle. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know if there are any other zines that are being published right now? I'm actually not terribly sure. <sighs> I've heard of one. I was... And uh, I was talking to this one guy. I feel like his name is Raj. He said he's like an art student. Okay. He's about our age. Cool. Um, he said that he was doing a zine kind of irregularly. And I was like, eh. But like, uh, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, buddy. But uh, <laughs> what got me really inspired, actually, is uh, I remember years ago, um, when I had like just moved here, it had to be like a year or so afterwards. I was going to a bunch of punk shows, and there was this guy, Lucas Reef, who's like since moved to Chicago. He's like got a really cool like graphic art design thing going on about him, and he made these zines, mm-hmm. and like they were just so like art forward, and I was just like, wow, like yeah, I appreciated picking them up and I and I knew that the people around me appreciated them and like they were in like really notable bands. Yeah. Which is like what kinda got me into right. okay. managing was like, oh like my friends are getting kind of popular. Like I wish I could yeah. get better help. Okay. Like but Do you remember what that scene was called? God, I don't. I will have to contact him and figure out what it was. Okay. I can put it in the description. Yeah. Because that's worth checking out. Yeah, yeah, totally. Gabe was like, you should contact him. And I'm like, he lives in Chicago now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably froze already. Yeah, he oh, probably froze. I saw somebody, I saw like videos of people just walking outside like with hot water. Yeah. Like boiling water, just throw it and it's just like steam and then yep. it just like snows. Did you see the gif of uh, uh, they've had to light train tracks on fire in Chicago just so that the tracks won't freeze. Cool. So that they can, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy out there. Um, so that's really important, I think. Uh, my hope is that zines like yours end up becoming, like, well-known in this area because, right. A, this area is was at least historically well-known for it. Right. And, B, there is sort of this divide like, like as I mentioned, I think some musicians just aren't willing to, to put up the, 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 the face or the effort or there is sort of like this weird, I mean, every DIY community has it, you know, mm-hmm. this, this DIY ethos where, you know, I don't know why people are still talking about it. Like the concept of selling out, there is no selling out anymore. Uh-huh. That's the hard truth. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's selling big in out, Seattle though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Super big. Yeah. Cassettes have, have started to come back in the city. No, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, crazy. You can't like sell out. This is what y'all are buying for. Yeah, <laughs> this is like you sound crazy right now. That's honestly one question I like to ask people when I start working with them, like as a client. I'm like, how famous do you want to be? Because yeah, that's true. like, 
like you're gonna put in some work and like you're gonna be like holding me accountable and like maybe get on my nerves a little bit but like also like i'm gonna be working really hard for you and like making sure you're on your stuff yeah and like it ends up being a mutually beneficial relationship that's good yeah yeah and that's the artist has to want it you know really like and they'll come to you if they need it you know like the other thing is that a lot of the DIY musicians that ended up becoming famous in the past needed that help yeah. you know like some of them didn't some of them you know when Black Flag started they started their own label like they did everything by themselves it was a lot of work and ultimately it didn't end up working out you know <laughs> you know but, Black Flag's first show I like I, I love when people mention Black Flag was it the park was it yeah the, yeah. the park with the 2,000 people <laughs> we like, talked about that last time yeah <laughs> I'm like holy shit <laughs> I'm like yeah that's the kind of stuff you have to do I'm like I'm like, yeah, maybe deceive them a little bit, yeah. you know, you know, on the record. Now it is. I don't care. But it's like, I'm like, yeah, just tell me what you want and then I'll tell them what I want them to hear. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? that's it. Yeah. I think really what it comes down to is um, it's possible to get out there and get big, mm-hmm. you know, wherever you are, whether or not you're starting out a young rap career mm-hmm. or trying to get into some sort of beat production or if you help, you want to be a rock musician, mm-hmm. you know, those avenues are possible. I think looking for that help is super necessary. I think nowadays and people like you, I think are going to be super important yeah. to, to help get that back on the scene because the, there's so many musicians in Seattle and I don't hear anybody talking about like almost any of them. You know, right. KXP is super useful, but right. You know, but yeah. they're hard to get in contact with. Sometimes. That's true. You say. know, they, they've got their whole thing where, it's DJ the DJs make the they play the songs it's not from somebody above which is cool I I get down with that but it makes it harder to make a rapport with somebody and get in contact with somebody yeah when it's 50 DJs to talk to yeah and it's like which one do I choose yeah all of them yeah, pretty much, yeah. No. Which one? Pick it. Spin the wheel. Right. Now my marketing teachers are always like, everybody cannot be your target market. Yeah. You gotta pick a few. No. That's true. But. I'm trying to think, was there ever a band in history that was created solely to market product? Like where the music just wasn't even part of the equation? Hmm. Millie Vanilli? Maybe. The Spice Girls? Hmm. That, that I think is... Maybe. There was some good music that came out of that. Yeah, Spice Girls is good. But I go back and forth on whether or not the Spice Girls were created, because they were created. Yeah. Like, whether or not it was meant with, with marketing in mind. Right. You know, I mean, this was the they mid-90s. They made movies. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, K-pop. they made... They made two movies. K-pop, too. Yeah, they made two movies. Have you ever seen Spice World? I've got a little sister. I've seen Spice World. <laughs> okay. Wait, is that the first one? No, it's the second one. Is it? I think so. Wait, mm. Spice World? Spice World was the second album. It might have been the first movie. Okay. Because I, I lived back in Northampton at the time, and I was dating this guy who lived with four other women, and he was like, oh my God, you've never seen Spice World? You have to see Spice World, because they all went as the Spice Girls for Halloween. <laughs> and he got me super stoned, and I watched it. And I remember when the title card came up that said, based on an idea by the Spice Girls. 
then I knew I was in for a treat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't written by. Yeah. It wasn't, it was based on an idea. You know, yeah, you know, and I think people go as them as Halloween, you know? It's true. And like, it's like, that's the kind of stuff we're trying to get, about, like, get around. Like, I never thought about that. Like, yeah. And we still think about the Spice Girls, and we don't even listen to their music. That's true. Oh, I do. <laughs> Fair. I can still, I can still sing a whole song. Yeah. Like off the top of my head. That's true. I'm like, never forget the lyrics. Never yeah. forget it. <laughs> never forget it. Yeah. Don't forget it. Shout out to my friends in Don Forgetty. Um, so, what about the music, though? You yeah. know, how do you feel that the does the music suffer from that approach? Can the music suffer? I yes. mean. I mean, you know, yeah. what do you think, JP? You're the yeah, yeah you're a better musician and a you I know an active think, musician. I think if you're gonna do something, you do it, and all this other stuff, it definitely takes away. Does it make something bigger? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like musicianship mm-hmm. is definitely like, definitely. Yeah, that that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah, like I mean, like look at, I think it went from classical. And then we digressed with skill when it went to like even like blues, even though I love mm-hmm. the blues. But yeah. like but that's a lot simpler mm-hmm. and like and then but it's still great music and you and, and there's and it like still requires artists, a technicality. Yeah, and it. there's still like like skillful people that do that. But then it and then it went to funk, which again I love funk. But then that was like for me that's the limit. Yeah, and rock. It's like and rock and rock. But, but certain, rock started yeah. like funk is rhythmically complex. But as far as yes. like chord progressions, though, it's very repetitive. You really only need to know a couple of chords. I love it. Yeah. So like, but like, but like, but like rock. It started like not all of them, but you know that's where it started. Then it went to hip hop, and and then and nowadays it's like. Yeah, like, you don't even need to sing. Like, you don't even know how to sing. Right. YouTube stars are building music careers with no voices. They just pitch flex pitch on Logic. Have you, you know? heard, what is the Baby Shark thing that's going? Baby, on? Sh- I have not heard of this. I'm glad y'all don't know. I'm about not a young this person because I don't know what that is. Apparently, it's like this number one fucking video on YouTube right oh now. It's just some There's child no- singing a song about a baby shark. They showed it to us in class, and we were like five seconds of that. And me and my teacher, blow your brains yeah, we were like, cut it off. <laughs> we were like, so like, we were like, who mentioned that? And like, people started singing it in class, and I'm like, how old is everybody? In I here? got no clue. Well, it yeah. got famous for a reason. It got famous. It's a children's song. Well, that's it. And it's for parents and kids. And this, and that's, and we were like, how do these twenty year olds know about? A baby song. Well, because a they look at trending on YouTube, which you should That's never it do. Is. It's, it's, it's like saying trending. "Bloody Mary" into a mirror three times. You don't <laughs> want to look at trending on YouTube. <laughs> um, but you know, have you ever been down the rabbit hole on that? Like, uh, I mean, I mean, just just those kinds of songs being popular. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, a it makes sense. There are, let's face it, there are a lot of parents that don't necessarily want to be parents. You know? <laughs> they'll, just, they'll just sit their kid down in front of the screen and play it on loop. Yeah. And just play playlists, you know. Dang. And in fact, there's an interesting phenomenon that's actually quite disturbing, where there's a whole bunch of I forget the the specific country, but uh, they're making these almost algorithmically created children's cartoons. Like they're creepily animated. Like it's very low quality three D, oh, like Spider Man, yeah, okay. and like, but they're like knives and stuff, and like there's like a 
the one on like Peppa Pig is in like a, a a hole in the ground and she's covered in syringes or something and it's like weird. There's like these weird dark sexual overtones like you know it's that's strange. weird but also like somehow fascinating. I know because <laughs> because, right? because that's Jamie's like that's like it. my that's kind of my whole thing where people are like why do you do so many like music genres and I'm like because. There's a lot to cover. Because we live in Seattle, and I'm about doom and gloom. Yeah. And all of this stuff <laughs> has dark undertones, too. Yeah. And I'm that's like, true. that's the icing on all of this. That it's really, is gothic on the undertones. It's but true. But it's, you know, but it's punk, but it's rap, but it's R&B, that's but great. it's electronic. But it's great. Yeah, but it's Isn't great. It? Oh, my God. Yeah. So getting back to the topic... Um, there are a lot of musicians out there that want to make music, but they don't necessarily know how. Like, they have all the resources to do it themselves, but, you know, it, likely, unless you're willing to put in the groundwork yourself and get super, super lucky, it's probably not going to happen, you know? Do you have any tips for uh, any musicians that might be starting out that, that don't necessarily want to go the DIY route, you know, that want to get help with that? Uh, if they don't want to get the DIY route, I would suggest practice really hard and go to auditions but (laughs) if you were looking to approach it in a semi DIY sense because you're going to have to pick it up off of the ground yourself um, you know start with the fan base Mm -hmm. Um, you know look for around 2,000 or 3,000 likes on Facebook yeah that's that can be difficult that can be difficult and which is and and sometimes you know people are like oh Facebook is dying like blah blah blah, but people when you're booking shows people look at Facebook and they see how many likes you have on your Facebook page mm-hmm. and and think about the people who have the jobs to look that up they're like probably like Generation X people and like they use Facebook they're not going to use mm-hmm. like anything more complicated than that that's their everyday thing yeah but um. You know, trying to get those 2,000, 3,000 fans, uh, I recommend instead of selling your music at the beginning, um, ask, or, or asking for money at the door, put up a sign-up sheet, a sign-in sheet at the beginning, at the front door, yeah. so people can write down their email addresses. Okay. So then you can actually log people to who came to your show, who might be interested Afterwards, okay. they can like your page. Now this uh, is in lieu of the door fee. Yeah, or? in lieu of the door fee, okay. I, I still go for suggested donations. Yeah, that's like true. at the beginning. Yeah, but don't push people to who want who are curious about your music. That's it, really. They don't want to be music. forced into liking it, exactly. especially because there's so much music out nowadays. Like the emphasis is that they want to be able to choose. Right. You know. Right, and so you know. My approach is get the email address out of them. You know, send them a newsletter later, like in a two days. Mm-hmm. Maybe ask them if they want to buy a T-shirt or yeah. a vinyl or something. Yeah, that's a tricky act. Considering, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard. It's hard because you don't want to feel like you're soliciting. Right. But how else are you gonna do it? You yeah. Know? Like the crawl to two thousand, three thousand likes. You know. I mean, if, that's if you're using the- just standard. And that is a crawl at the beginning. Yeah, like, exactly. E- either you're touring nationwide using this DIY network, mm-hmm. you know, or you're buying likes, which no one really. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't buy likes, and that's back to that uh, like inauthentic thing that millennials can like 
it's eye from a far away. It's like if you look through who people are following, you can tell those are fake accounts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly, it, it you know people would probably get mad about that and would probably you know put you at the bottom of the list. Yeah, can I just say I hate that you can do that on Facebook. Yeah, you know, it's like normally you'd have to go to some shady website. Where you can buy like a hundred thousand likes on your Instagram, right? But like, <laughs> but the fact that you can buy likes yeah. on Facebook itself—it's like, like a strategy to yeah. do that too. And it's like, and it's, they pester you. I remember yeah. when I was starting out with my music, like they would they would hammer it home and like promote your page. They would do it like kind of nonchalantly, like like there's no harm in it, you know. Pay for likes, it's fine. But they wouldn't say that. But then I, would, I was like, oh, well, maybe I should. I should promote this show. And then I would get likes out of nowhere. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. It's creepy. It yeah. Is. So, yeah, don't do that. Be, be, be legitimate. Yeah. I, it, it seems like it's hard at first, but, you know. But it's, yeah, but it comes easier. Like, so get those. Get the 2,000 or 3,000, like, logged fans is what I like to call them. Like, get those likes. And then start selling your music after that. I think then it would be at an appropriate value and demand. That makes sense, yeah. 2,000, 3,000 likes, you are sort of starting to get like marketable, marketable. Right. You know? It's like, I mean, before that, like, yeah, take some, take some tapes to your shows, <laughs> take some posters. I like to uh, suggest vinyls, like maybe a small amount, mm-hmm. but um, because that's like one of the, the only physical pieces of music that is on the rise yeah i think i saw it was like three percent or something but besides cassettes in this city yeah cassettes actually there was a band i saw at chop suey last year in the summer called young jesus Mm -hmm. they're on saddle creek now okay and uh they were selling tapes i didn't even know what a tape player i was just like yeah because what they'll do is they'll include a download code that's what Mm -hmm. i put a download code and you can maybe even put like a little small poster in there yeah something yeah something something. physical it's a it because like it's cool yeah. whether or not it's going obsolete physical media in music is still just so cool yeah. the fact that you can like make it a whole package right like, it's like it you can walk away with something too mm-hmm. you know that I got is, a question yeah what do you guys think about the direction of the marketing with the music like for example I feel like music is a powerful tool to create an energy a vibe a a, a place of thought you know something like that is super powerful it makes you feel things so it's like i'm noticing in in modern music not all of it but like the mainstream ones at least it has a, a vibe that i want to ask you guys what do you think about it you know is it how do you feel towards that vibe can i say uh right now we are experiencing this weird moroseness in mo- in popular music, like if we're talking about just a, like the actual vibe of the music itself, mm-hmm. like there's this downcastness to it, isn't there? Like, like downcast. Yeah, like, yeah, like downcast, like sad, like you know, a lot Thank of stuff you. that's on the charts. Next, next. I yeah. feel. Like oh, that's that's a great song. It like, is a great song, but still, she's like you know, well, it still has. She sounds grateful in that song, though, doesn't she? She does. That's what grateful. I got out of that. Mm. You know, but like a lot of the like. When Mumblecore started becoming a thing, I'm like little Uzi Verse was on the charts, you know. I know, right? What's up with that? I like. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly don't have a problem with the mumbling. <laughs> I have a problem with what he's mumbling about. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. What I'm it's like, 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 nah, he's I selling mean, guns or like. Yeah, 
Granted, I mean, there, nowadays there is something to be. About it's all about things. isolation. Yeah. And like how how I'm better than you, mm-hmm. and feeding the ego and and like it's like this is like destructive, man. Yeah. Well, hip hop and rap has always had a sense of braggadocio about it, but like especially nowadays, I feel like there is that sense, you know. What's funny is that the moroseness and that that isolationist like sense in that music. It, it does sort of aptly describe the times today, mm. but it's not necessarily an immediate reaction because trends in pop music take like five or seven years to actually come around, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it always works on a delay. It just happens to be that right. the kind of music that's popular right now that's not just like your standard pop fare, mm-hmm. you know, totally. ends up reflecting like the more turbulent times of today, you know? Mm. It's kind of funny. Um, one last thing, uh, so that, that number that we use, 2,000, 3,000, you know, I think a lot of musicians, musicians starting out, and this is important, it might take years to get to that point. Mm. Like, it's not going to come immediately. Like, right. I, I, I talked to friends of mine who are in bands who have been doing it for a while, and, and people who have been in the scene for over a decade and such, and what happens is if you stick with it long enough... Yeah everyone gets to that point eventually Mm -hmm. for some people it takes a lot longer than others like there's essentially two kinds of bands the ones that get that shoot off in viral fame Mm -hmm. you know and that's a good and a bad thing you know they say sometimes success is harder than failure right you know and then there are the bands that just slog and do it for years and then eventually when it's their time when they get to that point where they can hit the next level and start to like spread out and get the word out mm-hmm. they're prepared for it because they have that infrastructure right you know, if they haven't already broken themselves already you know if you want to do that music just do it yeah. and, if, and stick with it I always, I always advocate that you know we're going to reach some collective death 35 years from now you know <laughs> like just do it right. just if, if you love it do it and then eventually you're going to get to that point you know however you do it mm. you know I agree uh, that being said, uh, we have reached the end of the discussion. I think this has been great. I'm exhausted. Just worked a whole full day. Devin, uh, JP, thank you so much for coming up on the show. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, tune in next week when we're going to be talking about a lovely German band uh, that you may or may not know who's done some weird shit. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.